This is First Date Stories, the podcast, the show where women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond talk all about the first dates they've been on. From the wildly successful to the completely disastrous and everything in between. Here's your host, Jody Klein, founder of FirstDateStories.com. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to this episode. Tara's husband was an alcoholic. The demise of her marriage left her with an angry teenage daughter, and it left her heartbroken over the dream that had evaporated. She wanted to have fun as she rebuilt herself and her life. So Tara turned to online dating to find a companion. But when she wasn't meeting the kind of men she wanted to meet, she decided to take an unexpected approach, which led her to Lee. Here's Tara's first date story. Hi, Tara. Thanks for coming on the show and for being my guest this episode. Hi, it's my pleasure to be here. Why don't we start off with you sharing a few details about your backstory with me and with the listeners. Well, I am 50 years old. I was married, divorced, now remarried. I have a daughter. I worked as a teacher and then in the regulatory industry. I'm now working as a notary. My hobbies, I love gardening. I read a lot and probably play way too much mahjong. So you're a mahjong addict. I am. <laughs> well, I can think of worse things to be addicted to. So let's get into the date. Where were you in your life when the date that we're going to talk about took place? I was in a very, very fragile state. I was getting divorced and just heartbroken over the death of the dream that I had had of having this marriage, this solid foundation, this forever commitment crumble in front of my eyes. I had a very angry teenage daughter that was resentful and critical, and there was nothing, essentially nothing that I could do right at the time, but there were some other things that we could relate around, and it seemed to be technology that let us be together and not have her go off and explode over whatever it was that I happened to be doing at the moment. So I had her help me with my online dating profiles and taking pictures and setting those things up. And it was helpful to our relationship, as strange as that sounds. How did she come to be okay with your dating? My ex-husband was an alcoholic addict, and I had a friend recommend going to Al-Anon to help me in dealing and coping effectively with the leftover, just the leftover sewage that comes from addiction. And so Al-Anon has a program for kids and so while I was in my meeting, she could be in her meeting and they all talked about their hopes and wishes. And I think that it was very therapeutic for her. It was for me for certain. That's tremendous that you both did this together, not in the room together, but had this similar experience simultaneously. So you both could heal from coming out of the marriage. Yes, and it is what ultimately led me to 
the first date that we're going to talk about. While I was in the program, I was doing online dating. And initially, I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew that I wanted to get back out there. I wanted to start dating again. And so I tried a couple of different dating sites. I kept meeting essentially what is the same type of guy that my ex-husband was. First of all, they were dishonest. I'd see these pictures of this thin, vibrant, young-looking man and then go to have coffee and it would be this ragged-looking man that was 50 pounds heavier and not quite as vibrant <laughs> as his picture had appeared. So, what would you say to him or them? When that happened, I didn't say anything. Honestly, I have to say that my face probably said it all. I can't play poker. (laughs) (laughs) You play mahjong. You don't play poker. You got it. So you were disenchanted, I guess, to some degree. You saw a profile. You thought you were going to meet one guy looking one way. Well, you met the same guy, but looking a very different way. Exactly. And so there was that part of it that was disheartening. Then there were some other men that I had met that they were younger than me, but they didn't understand the complexities of being a parent and had expressed some ridiculous views and some ridiculous expectations that were unrealistic. And so those were just bombs, for lack of a better word. They were bombs. Here you were dating these people. You were a bit frustrated with these sites. What'd you do? In Al-Anon. Al-Anon's a 12-step program. You usually have a sponsor. I had one and I expressed my frustration to her and she asked me, do you know what you're looking for? Good question. Uh, yeah, it was a good very good question. question. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, uh, no, I guess I don't. So her suggestion was to take one piece of paper make three columns, must have, cannot have, and then negotiable items. And so I did that. And I just kind of put it to the wayside. I kept it in the back of my head. And then the next time that I went online, I decided that I would modify my profiles on the different sites to more accurately reflect what was in that traits wanted list. And as I was doing this, I saw an ad for JDate pop up. And I looked at it and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And then I'm just like, hmm, started thinking about it. And at the time, my primary care physician was Jewish. And so I'm like, huh, doctor, doctor is Jewish and he is tall. He is handsome. He is educated. He is cultured. He's articulate. I want somebody like that. (laughs) But you are not Jewish. No, no, I'm not. And that was my thought. I'm not Jewish. I can't go in there. I'm not Jewish. Man, I'd really like to meet somebody like my doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, well, what the heck? I won't say that I'm Jewish, so I won't be lying. Then when it comes to uh, questions of race, culture, religion, I'll have to answer honestly. So when it came to religion, I said it was spiritual. When it came to Ashkenazi or Sephardic. You said uh, other. (laughs) Yeah, I just said other. So I came back home from a date that was not good. And I was, you know, I was bummed out. I was kind of despondent. 
And when I got home, my daughter was there and she had a friend over and she's like, mom, can we crash in your room? And and uh, because you have a bigger bed, we'll be more comfortable. And then you can go in my room and go online onto the dating sites. It did encourage me to do it because it was not a good date. So I went in and I signed on to both Match and JDate. And then within a couple of minutes of being online, I got a ping from some dumb guy. I don't even remember his name. And then a couple minutes later, I got a ping from Lee. Now, how long ago <laughs> did this happen that you got pinged by Lee when you went on J-Date? Um, it's about six years ago. What did you think when his face popped up on your screen? I looked at him and I'm like, hmm, he's kind of cute. <laughs> He's handsome and tan and uh, dark hair, and I like hairy men, and so. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Yes, and so. Now we know a little more about Lee. So anyway, I was like, hmm, he looks looks yummy. (laughs) And, uh, you know, because I I wasn't looking for a relationship. I was looking just for someone to have fun with. The last thing I wanted was was to be in a relationship because I'm going through this, you know, a yicky divorce, my marriage had crumbled and I didn't want Mr. Right. I just wanted Mr. Right now. Makes total sense. You've been through the ringer and you're ready to start living again and you wanted someone to be out and about with and get to know and have fun with. So we had this very flirtatious chat online and I think it was probably 3 a.m. before I was like, listen, I got to go. I've got a two-hour drive to go to my girlfriend's. We're going to celebrate her birthday and I got to get up early for that. So I will be back on Sunday. I'll talk to you then. The next morning, my daughter and I, we jumped in the truck and drove to my girlfriend's. And while we were there, I was telling my friend, I'm like, you know, I met this guy online and, you know, there's just something about him and he's really cute. And so I signed under my profile while I was at her place and I showed her his picture and we read through all the stuff and she's like, huh, sounds good. And so, you know, and of course I had to check and see if he'd been on my profile, you know, was he looking at me? Did he see my pictures? You know, (laughs) I was just heady with excitement. The next day, it was Sunday, you know, I went back home and it was later, but, you know, I had to go back in line and see that cute guy there. So I did. And it was, it was probably about 10 o'clock at night and he was online. And so he asked me if I wanted to meet for a drink. Anyway, I'm like, sure, yeah. Not thinking about the fact that it's 1030 at night. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll meet you at 11. We had agreed upon meeting at this Irish pub. It was about a half an hour drive for me. Thinking about it, I'm just like, were you 13? Or, (laughs) you know, or uh, really, come on, you know, in retrospect, but... Anyway, we get we get offline and and I call I call my girlfriend, you know that's that's local and I'm like yeah I, I I agreed to meet him at this you know at this pub, and she's like are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah yeah I'm crazy. <laughs> so so I, I said well this is what I'll do. I'll go back online. If he's still online, I'll, you know, I'll reschedule. But if he's not online, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go and, and make it quick. And because I don't want to be flaky. 
Did she say that you were uh, crazy to do this because it was so late on a Sunday night? Exactly. Or for another reason? No, it's because it was late on a Sunday night. I had to work early and she had applauded the fact that I did not meet him at his house. Very smart. Uh, yes, because he had been in the jacuzzi and... Um, <laughs> He was he was messaging with you from the jacuzzi? He was on his phone. So, yes, he was in the jacuzzi. And I'm just like, yeah, no way. I, you know, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, well, you know, that's good. Yeah, she thought it was nuts. So I had to be at work early. I had to be to work at 7 o'clock. That's why she was asking me, are you nuts? And I was just like, yeah, I guess so. And I had a meeting that I had to prep for. And, I mean, there were all of these these things pointing to the fact that this is not a good idea for you to do right at this moment. However, I didn't want to be a flake. He wasn't online, and so I had made the commitment, and I got my truck, and I drove to the pub. And um, I got there first. There was one other couple sitting there at a table. And then the bartender was a woman. I was very thankful. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> I said to her that I'm meeting a guy here that I met online. And I'm not sure about him. And I'm not sure how this is going to go. You know, can you kind of keep an eye out just in case things get weird? And she was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. You had a wing woman right there. Yes. You had somebody looking out for you right there. Good yes. thing you got there early, I guess, so that you could feel a little more calm that another woman was you know, it was there to, to help you out if you needed helping yes. during that date. Exactly. I felt like, okay, somebody's got my back. So he got there and I looked at him and I said, you've got a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that was your hello? <laughs> that was my hello. How did he react to that greeting? You know, big eyes wide open sort of blink and he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you like what you saw and did he look like you expected him to look? I liked what I saw, and yes, I did. There was definite truth in advertising <laughs> in terms of wonderful his picture. And so we sat there and we talked, and an hour later, I said, I got to go. That half an hour blew by. I never looked at my watch, and the conversation flowed. It was easy, and I was super comfortable. He paid the tab, and as we were walking out, he's all, you know, your picture is not very flattering. <laughs> he said that to you yes. as you're walking out of the bar? Uh, yes, he says that to me. Your picture was not very flattering. And I'm like, oh, really? He's like, no, he's all, you are much prettier <laughs> than, than, than the picture gives the impression of and I'm like oh well you know well thank you and so he walked me to my truck and I said well thanks I hope to talk to you soon and I shook his hand and got in my truck and went home you shook his hand oh, who, yeah. who initiated that shake I did you did so you set the terms for how the date was gonna and you put that hand out first. Exactly. Because even though it had gone great, we definitely like clicked and had chemistry. 
I'm just like, no, no, no physical stuff. I don't want to be kissed. I don't want to be hugged. I don't want to be touched. And so I just stuck up my hand. And so it sent the message. It was a very, very clear nonverbal message that it's not going to happen. Don't even try. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember getting any acknowledgement from the bartender before you left? Was she Mm -hmm. checking out how the two of you were doing? And did she follow up with you in any way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did. You know, she was cleaning the bar by us and... um, everything okay here? Can I get you anything right now? You know, so she was, she was really present, but not intrusive. And so it was, it was wonderful. And I did mouth thank you to her as we were leaving. Tara, now that we've heard about your first date, please share the rest of the story. He texted me Every day for the next two and a half years. Every day? Every day. And at the time, he was traveling a lot for work. He was going to Argentina. He was going to places in Europe. He was, you know, I swear he was in New York like every two months. Never missed a day. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. And I didn't have his name saved into my phone. I just kept getting these text messages from this certain number and then Wait, how long did this go on, the texting, before you put his name in your contact list? A week and a half or two. Okay. So, because I think it was about two weeks before I saw him again, and we met at that same Irish pub. You know, we were there for a couple of hours just, uh, you know, talking, 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 and um, it was just easy conversation. And then when we went to leave, I let him kiss me that time. Sweet. So, where did things go from there? You know, we were both in the same spot when we met. I was crushed and torn up because of my failed marriage. And he was in the same spot. He had just had his marriage fail. He had been married longer than I and had three kids. And neither of us were looking for a relationship and especially not getting married again. Because of where we were in our lives with just wanting somebody to have fun with and hang out with and have things just be easy with that we were both relaxed and not worried about, you know, where's this going? What's the next step? Because it wasn't something that was desired. How long did you continue dating online before you decided to get off and just be with Lee? It was a matter of months. Some was when my subscriptions expired. I decided not to renew them. I got a couple of other phone calls um, and went on other dates, third and fourth dates with some other people that I had met locally. And we didn't really talk about it in a direct manner. But the way that I felt about it was, A, I'm not married. B, we've never said anything about being exclusive. And C, it's not his business. It's my business who I date and I spend time with. And so I didn't feel the need to tell him about it. And he didn't share details with me either. He would say some offhand things that made it clear that he was dating other people. And we both got to the point of the desire to just be with one another at different times. I had stopped dating other people and was to a point where I was comfortable with 
with just dating him. Did you tell him that? Nope, I didn't. The reason, well, there was a couple of reasons for it. You know, number one, I knew where yeah, I knew where he was at. And just because I was okay with just dating him, I didn't need him to be in the same spot as me. I was very satisfied with where things were. And I needed him to get to that point on his own. Very wise. Yeah, you can't make another person want to or be committed to only dating you and expecting it to last if you force the issue. So true. You got to a very healthy place. You really knew where you were at. About the start of year three, where there was a shift, there was an emotional shift that we had. It shifted to, yeah, this person is really important to me, and the time that we're spending together, it's not enough. You know, I, I, I wanna, I wanna wake up with you, and mm-hmm. so we decided, we decided to live together, and blended our, blended our families. It was after we had lived together for a couple of months that we had our anniversary coming up. Which anniversary was this? It was the anniversary of us meeting for the first time at the Irish pub. So we made plans to go out to a local restaurant. We were able to sit outside and watch the sunset and just a wonderful dinner, a great bottle of wine. And he started talking about how happy he was with things and with our relationship. And, and I told him, I'm happy too. You know, I just, I just want you to understand that living together has a shelf life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to that, he said, well, what do you think about making it permanent? And I'm like, I just kind of curled up my nose thinking about it. And then he gets down and he's all, will you marry me? I'm all shut up. Oh, he caught you by surprise. I had no idea he was going to propose. None. The people at the surrounding tables realize what's going on and they hear me tell him to shut up. And they're all laughing. They're laughing. What are you you doing? Are you laughing or are you crying or what are you doing? I'm dumbfounded. Finally, when I get my druthers back about me, I'm just like, yes, of course, yes. And he gives me the ring. And yeah, it was a beautiful night. We got married a year later. We had all of our kids in the ceremony. Uh, My best friend, of course, had to be there. Both the one whose birthday it was on the day we met and the one that told me that I was crazy. And uh... they both had special roles to play in you and Lee making it (laughs) to the altar. Yes, yes, they did. What a story. You went online not to meet your future husband, but to meet a companion and to heal from pain that your previous marriage had inflicted upon you. And you surprisingly, unintentionally found love and a husband. Yes. We both learned valuable lessons from that first go around that we had and, and are able to like bring more richness to our relationship. So something I'm very grateful for. There are women listening to our conversation who have come out of relationships that have been very damaging. 
What advice do you have uh, based on your experience on how to heal and move on and be back in the dating world after such a devastating experience? My advice would be to concentrate on yourself and your children, if you have any, first, before trying to find something new or a replacement model for what left. I know it's an old cliched saying, but anything that is good is worth waiting for. And it is. And so in having talked with my husband over the years, he shared how angry women were when he went on dates with them. They were always complaining about an ex. Well, no man that is a potential new relationship wants to hear those sorts of things. So much, much better to take time, take time and engage in some sort of healing activity for for yourself before you try to find something new. That's very sage advice, and it's so helpful that you also shared the man's point of view uh, as to how a guy experiences going out with women who are not at that healthier place. I was working on me. I wasn't even, you know, 30% healed or recovered from the inflicted wounds and heartbreak at the time that I met Lee. But when we went out, I was up front and present and there with him. I was in the moment. He did tell me that that was, that was the reason why he kept dating me was because I never talked about my ex. It was I, as simple as that. Don't talk about your ex. Exactly. Having gone back to dating after so many years of way, Was there anything that you did differently this time? Yes, there was. I wore much more concealing clothing. (laughs) (laughs) I wore turtlenecks that were not skin tight. I wore jeans that you could not tell what religion I was. (laughs) I still wore heels. I still looked sharp, but I didn't. I left a lot to the imagination and, um, and was a lot more conservative in my dress because I didn't want to look fast and easy or fast and sleazy, whatever the, you know, however you want to put that. So things went slower and it set a good precedent for male behavior. <laughs> and then occasionally you put your hand out, which also was an indication that things were going to go slower. <laughs> Well, it's been a treat talking to you, Tara. This has been so much fun to hear the story of how you came from a very dark place and propelled yourself forward with the help of your daughter and went out into the world again and again uh, and ultimately realized what you wanted in a person. And then you found that person the, and that your relationship went much further than you had ever anticipated. 
And here we are in The Two of You Are Happily Married. It's a great, great tale. I'm so thrilled for you both, and I've really enjoyed speaking with you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jody, and good luck, ladies. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you have your own take on this story, head on over to firstdatestories.com and leave a comment. While you're there, check out the articles about celebrating singledom and dating in midlife. First Date Stories provides inspiration, camaraderie, and support for single, divorced, and widowed women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. While you're on the website, you can also tell us about a memorable first date that you've been on by popping on over to the share section of our site. We are always up for a good story, and we may invite you to be a guest on a future show. We also have a bi-weekly newsletter. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, you can find us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And now for a quick run through of the legalese. This podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as professional advice for our listeners. We suggest that you always consult with your own personal coaches and advisors. First Aid Stories does not recommend or endorse or object to the views or topics expressed on this podcast. Also, the names of the guests are changed for privacy purposes. This podcast is produced and edited by Kim Poletti and Lisa Gray of Sound Mind Productions and is brought to you by Espoir Ventures. First State Stories is here to help you be your best you, to cheer you on, and to keep you going on first dates because beyond your next first date may be the long-term love you're seeking. <laughs>